Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. Week five of the college football season is in the books. And for all of us UGA, UGA fans, it was, uh, let's just say, a very stressful Saturday night watching the dogs compete in Columbia, Missouri. But you come to College Football's last call for some straight talk, good, bad, or indifferent, and we are here to give it to you. Jason, Lawrence, good evening. Um, how you doing? Has the heart rate returned back to normal yet from Saturday night? Um, well, first, it was it was fun for us to all actually get together and watch a Georgia game. We haven't done that in uh, in a while, or probably since Indy. So it was good to get the band back together. Um, my my fingernails are a little bit whittled down to the bone here, um, but you know what? You know what good teams do? They find a way to win, even when they play terrible. Yeah. Uh, good evening. Um, I sound a little congested today. I'm playing hurt. Uh, but like the Bulldog Warriors that we are, you play through the pain. So apologies for the uh, nasally uh, uh, voice here. But uh, yeah, fun Saturday night. Glad we're all able to get together. Uh, I'll get right to it. I never thought we were going to lose. Uh, it was a little bit too close for comfort. But uh, we grounded it, ground it out and won. So that was a discussion throughout the night. Like, were we nervous? Was it ever in doubt? As the game crept on, I think that we all progressively got a little more anxious and more nervous. But I'm, I'm kind of like you, Gans. I, I never really thought we were going to lose. Um, but certainly it was way too close for comfort. And, and it wasn't until the clock struck triple zero that we could ultimately you know, feel good and celebrate about it. We had one friend with us, and uh, we won't name names. But uh, I thought that we were going have to have to hook him up to a heart monitor. At, uh, uh, probably about the third play of the game. Well, yeah, he got a little bit overboard by second drive, but I will say, thank God for Malachi Starks for running that guy down the one-yard line and then the subsequent false start, because it was at that point where I I think, Gans, I tapped you on the shoulder and I said, you know, I'm starting to have that same feeling right now that I did when we had that terrible game against South Carolina in 2019. I was like, we're in in trouble. Um, But, you know, Stetson – Came back, for, played terrible pretty much most of the game. But we had those two fourth-quarter drives for two touchdowns. Uh, like I said, you know, the championship teams find out a way to win. They grind it out. Um, and so I think even Kirby said, like, he was proud, you know, obviously proud of the team for the effort and, and for and what they did. And it was, to me, this, a growing, a, this was a game to grow on for a relatively young and inexperienced defense and uh, a young, young and inexperienced team outside of 45-year-old Stetson Bennett. Yeah, that was probably the play of the game, Lawrence. Uh, if, if, if you go back and look at it, I mean, we probably didn't realize it at the time, but Malachi Starks tackling up the one saved four points. Um, and, and, you know, we obviously we won by four points. Scenarios play out differently, but but nonetheless, that was the play of the game. You know, look, I'll give you my quick rundown. I've, I've said this before, and I think perspective is probably the most important thing when looking at these games, right? The night of the game. We were happy we won. Nobody felt great about it. But you go back and you look, right? And obviously, we, we watch these games with, with uh, red and black colored glasses. But you got to win on the road in the SEC, right? If you just look at the stats, it looks like the dogs should have killed them. 
Um, so I guess that's the good. Darnell Washington looked great. Yep. Um, you know, I think we could probably get in, in into all the, the bad. Um, but turnovers, right? You can't have two stupid turnovers. We've Two weeks in a row we've learned that, and, and that's really been the difference in keeping these games close um, from when they probably should have been blowouts. Yeah, for, for me it was the two turnovers um, you know, and not not uh, getting any turnovers on defense, just not you know, not, not making it happen. That's two weeks in a row that we haven't, haven't done that, which is a little surprising and a little disappointing. Something's going to have to change. And then the O-line was disappointing. It felt like Missouri was just – you know, taking up rent in the backfield all day long, and Stetson just never could really recover. He never could adjust. Our our running backs had a hard time getting loose. And I don't know. I mean, is that a coaching thing? Is it a scheme thing? Because um, from week to week, that just, yep. that just surprised me. I, I think it was a scheme thing because if you look in the fourth quarter, we changed, we 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 adjusted, and we made we made we were able to then drive the ball down their throats, right? Especially in the fourth quarter when Dejon Edwards had to kill the clock. He had four carries, like 52 yards or something like that. So it was scheme, but at the same time, we also didn't adjust. I think that some of the fault is on Munkin here. I don't think, I mean, maybe it's on Stetson, but we didn't adjust the play calling because when they're sell, they were selling out because they knew we couldn't run. We weren't, we weren't making passes in the flats. We weren't making the easy check down. You know, Stetson was gunning the ball, you know, on a, you know, just throwing it away because he was about to get hammered each and every time. So I do think if we would have tried to run a few more screens, get McIntosh in the flat, hit Brock a few more times because it finally started to work in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, the O-line, uh, you know, outside of the fourth quarter, it's a problem. they got to fix that shit. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, going into the game, we had uh, we had led up, we led the SEC in only having seven tackles for a loss, right, against our offense. Missouri had nine tackles for a loss in that game, right? Uh, I, I'm certainly no offensive line uh, schematic wizard. My wizardry uh, extends to other powers, um, but from what I read, is we did switch up the offensive line scheme. Right, it was it was a zone blocking scheme, and we moved to a gap blocking scheme. Don't ask me to draw this on a whiteboard behind me, uh, but but this is what the uh, the smarter people tell me. I also think, and we were talking about this during the game. The offensive line was bad, right? I, I, we all agree there. There were a few plays where I think Stet could have checked this out. There was one where a guy was coming off the right edge, totally unblocked, a blitz like Larry was talking. About. They blitzed a ton, and uh, Stet still ran an RPO, right? Why do that? Check out of that. So as he goes, he sticks it in the guy's belly. I can't remember who the running back was. That just gives you the, you know, the, the unblocked guy on the other side, you know, they're half a second to, to bash his head in. So, you know, all things. That can- yeah. I, I hate playing Monday morning quarterback and questioning the offensive coordinators play calls. That's the easiest thing to do. Um, and Munkin certainly knows more about football than I ever will, but I will say, I don't think he had his best night. Um, the play calls just didn't seem to be really appropriate. Brock, even the announcer said, like, we got to get this guy involved. And it wasn't until the end where they threw that, I guess you call it a tight end screen, um, down the goal line. And I think the play's going to work every time. So I'm not quite sure why we went away from what we've been doing, but I'd like to see Munkin tighten up a little bit going forward. Yep. So yeah. I don't, I don't, well, A, I don't think we're not playing obviously as good as we did the first three weeks of the season. We've come back down to earth a little bit, which is good. Um, you know, we got Auburn, we got Bandy, two teams that are as bad, if not worse than Missouri, 
Both of them are at home. It's an opportunity, and we're really banged up. So I think this is an opportunity for us to get a little bit healthy. Uh, but some of the good things that I think we saw on Saturday, um, you know, like eating the clock in the fourth quarter, Dejon Edwards, those two fourth quarter drives were awesome. I thought Don Blaylock, it was great to see him out there. He made a couple really big catches. Um, and I still think we're, you know, we see a lot of talent out of Malachi Starks. I think Pop, again, played a good game. Um, trying to be a leader out there as he chewed out Kamari Lassiter off after a pass interference call. Um, so, I mean, there are a few good takeaways out of the game. It wasn't a, a total loss, thank God. Um, a, we won, and B, there were a few lessons learned. So uh, we'll, we'll take that going into the next week. Tanky Smith played really well, too. He stepped up with Javon Bullard out. He was all over the place. So that's good to add some secondary. Um, the Jalen Carter injury at the time looked really bad. I just read a report. And I sent it over to you guys. Said one to two weeks. So as long as we get him back by Florida, I think we're okay. But there was a marked difference when he was in the game and he wasn't in the game. We all were talking about it. They were gashing our defensive line. So we need him back. I mean, he reminds me, and this is a big comparison, so I, I'm willing to take some flack for it, but he reminds me of an Aaron Donald. I mean, he, he's not Aaron Donald. No one's Aaron Donald, but uh, just the type of play and, and the disruption he causes. So uh, hopefully we get back pretty soon because we're, we're going to need him as, as the schedule gets a little bit tougher. That, that was a scary moment when he went down. We all we all discussed whether it was a dirty play or not. I don't like those chop blocks. Um, I'm glad that it turned out to be what a grade one sprain out for a couple of weeks. I think we're going to look back on this game as, as Dejon Edwards kind of coming out party. Clearly the staff trusted him at the end to grind out those yards. I mean, Gans, you've been talking about forever that that was one of your concerns. Like where do you turn for the four or five yard run? Milton actually had some tough runs early in the game. The fumble can't happen. That was a huge swing turning point, but he did run, I think, harder than he has earlier in the year, but I would really like seeing Edwards grind it out towards the end. That's going to be a big weapon for us. We had almost 200 rushing, so um, you know, the stats look good, right? You take this, the stats look good. Uh, you know, just little things to clean up, and, and these tight games turn into, you know, what they should be. You, you know what this game reminded me of a little bit, right? 2007, when we had a great team, uh, if there was a playoff that year, we would have gotten into a playoff. Uh, we played Vanderbilt. We had to beat Vanderbilt with a uh, like a 45-yard field goal to win the game. And it was just such a lackadaisical performance. So after that, we just ripped everybody to pieces. Maybe this is our Vanderbilt 2007 game. I, we've got a few cupcakes, you know, what should be cupcakes the next two weeks. Um, so let's do it. So what, what it reminded me of, I'm glad you brought that up, was was once a year during Rick's reign, I felt like we had a game like this, and it got away from us. I was really happy to see that in that kind of an environment with a game going in the direction it seemed to be going, that this team under Kirby wasn't going to let it slip away. So I took a lot of comfort in, in that because we've seen these games go the, go the wrong direction many, many times. That's right. Um, we've, seen it, we've seen it way too many times. It feels like this is a little bit of a different outcome than what we're used to. Yeah, talent, talent prevailed, right? The better yeah. one. Uh, somebody might I can't remember if it was Joshua Lawrence out of that game. Uh, but you were still missing a, a good amount of people. Larry, are you stepping on your chew toy? They got the dog in the background. I'm trying to. I'm trying to silence the background. Yeah. Will, will you tell? Will you tell Ralphie to calm down? He gets excited when we're talking college football. Does he have anything to add? I mean, what's his takeaway from the game? <laughs> 
Well, he's got a he's got a baby Yoda that he's uh, currently mauling through right now. So we also got together a little bit before um, the game. We got to go to Taco Mac with Robert Enel. Shout out to Gary. Um, passed away over the weekend. Love you, Gary. Um, we got together and the Bama game was on in Arkansas. Um, interesting game. Have we heard much about the injury to Young? I mean, it sounded serious and it wasn't serious and it was serious. What's what's the status of that? I I haven't seen anything. He was he was back on the sidelines. He didn't have a sling on. Um, I haven't I haven't read things. What they got? They play the Mets this weekend, right? So this is you know Alabama revenge game. Um, I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't play this weekend. Okay, yeah, so a uh, couple things. We'd be <laughs> you're teeing me up here. We'd be <laughs> remiss not to give you the Jermaine Burton update. One catch for 14 yards. I think. He is at 169 yards receiving on the season. Uh, so stellar. Uh, congratulations, Jermaine. Uh, yeah, I think Bryce Young's playing this weekend. Um, uh, Jameer Gibbs had a day. I think he rushed for 200 yards. He, you know, uh, that was a good pickup in the portal. Uh, but, but Josh, you, you teed it up, right? Alabama might win 100 to nothing this week. Uh, go back to the summer, the Saban, uh, Jimbo Fisher, you know, yippity yap back and forth. Uh, we all know how overrated uh, Texas A&M Mets are. Um, this is going to be a slaughter. I, I, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't even know the line. We'll save that for Larry's losers later. Uh, but I, I really think that this could be get ugly early and stay ugly. And I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, what I think Alabama learned last week is they don't have to rely on, on Bryce Young to win games. Jameer Gibbs stepped up big time. Uh, the backup, J- Milrow, Jalen Milrow, came in. Uh, I wouldn't say much of a passer, but he ripped off that huge 70-something yard run to, to put Bama ahead and um, you know really stop the momentum that, that Arkansas had. Um, and then the Mets lost to Mississippi State this past weekend. I, I, a, I think, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. The line's 24 right now, last I saw. Um, and I think Bama, they are not going to take their foot off the pedal against, uh, against A&M. And I do think this is time where the A&M alumni are going to start passing around the hat to get that big buyout. Um, and I think we're probably going to see a new head coach uh, in, um, in College Station next year. See, I, I disagree, right? And, and I, hope, I, hope, I hope you're wrong and I hope I'm right. Having Jimbo Fisher in the SEC is fantastic. Uh, I, I don't think that they're going to fire him this year, though I think he is as average as they come. I don't understand the hype, again, much like the Mets, who uh, now we have the Braves as a half a game up on them uh, as of Monday night. Uh, but, it, but A&M has two losses. They should have three. They've got, obviously, Bama coming up. They've got, I wrote this down. They've got Mississippi State, the, uh, the Fighting Pirates coming up. They've got Ole Miss. Uh, Florida and LSU, right? They'll probably beat Florida. Uh, that's at home, but that, you know, um, we'll see. They're going to end up with four or five losses, at least, as we predicted on the show at the beginning of the season. So, so you mentioned Ole Miss. Uh, great win they had over Kentucky in a different style than what Lane Kiffin's teams are usually you know, noted for, known for. Kind of a defensive struggle a little bit. They held them to less than 20 points. Um, Lane Kiffin just seems to get it done. I mean, I think one of y'all brought this up. Maybe he gets in the mention for the Auburn job coming up. Um, they like what Ole Miss. He's doing well there. Ole Miss is going to be a top 10 team right now. And I haven't seen the, the, the polls, but um, they're, they're doing, they're doing it right. 
I've heard his name there as well. I think he'd be stupid to leave Oxford for uh, for Auburn. They, again, basketball school, you know, uh, <laughs> resources and just the politics behind the scene. I think he's got a good thing going in Oxford. And arguably the co-eds are better looking in Oxford than they are in Auburn. So that seems to suit him quite well. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Ole Miss, I think, is for real. And I think the sketchy dogs, Mike Leach has got the, the pirate dogs playing pretty good football, too. And we have them later on our on our schedule too um, in Starkville, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that's another road game that that uh, is starting to look scarier now than it did, um, you know, six weeks ago when we were talking to the preseason uh, preseason shop. Speaking um, of the co, speaking of the co-eds in Oxford, how about that epic fight that broke out in the fraternity section of the stadium in the middle of that game? Did y'all see that? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, have you seen the Bob Minery um, comment over it? The, the yeah. video he did. Yeah, I have, the, the I have not seen it. So as soon fight. as we wrap up here, that's what I'm going to go uh, go search it up. Oh my god! You haven't seen it yet, Lawrence? It's uh, amazing. Yeah, pledges and khakis and a white button down and a tie. Brett, you know, reminds me of the good old days. We saw a few of those in uh, uh, the three three hundred eight section in Sanford Stadium in 1997, 1998. Yeah, nothing like a good fraternity fight. So, you know, I think that we all pumped the brakes on Georgia being head and shoulders number one. They lost that that top spot in the poll. Who cares? Um, do we still think it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then a big jump to everybody else? Yeah, I mean, might as well jump into our playoff predictions, right? Because that, that's where it's taking us. Um, again, to your point, don't care. Uh, you know, based on our past two weeks' performances, we deserve to drop. That's fine. Win and move on. No one remembers at the end of the season. Clemson almost lost, I think, Troy the year they won the national championship. So no one cares, right? But I've got... Bama, UGA, Ohio State, and I've got a new one this week. And looking at their schedule, I think they probably have the easiest path, and 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 that's the uh, the Trojans of USC in, in in the four spot. Yeah, so that's that's been my my four um, for the past couple weeks: Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, USC. I'm sticking with that. Um, USC's got an interesting matchup this week. They're playing Washington State. Um, Washington they're sneaky. Um, and you know, I, I looked at the line on that one. And Washington State's plus 13, and they're on the road at USC. Um, I think USC wins. I think people are really going to – people, you know, USC barely covered last week. I forget who, who was it they played. Oregon State. Um, and so they're coming off back-to-back, I think, harder games than they've had. Um, I think USC kind of blows them out. I think people are going to be on the Washington State side with double digits, and I think USC's going to – I think they're going to ride it right out of the Colise- L.A. Coliseum. So I don't pretend to know much about NC State, but I guess an impressive victory by Clemson Saturday night. Um, I feel like Clemson might be getting you know better each week. Their defense is always going to be there. DJU had a better night. Um, they're going to be there at the end, one way or the other. I think they got. Um, they have a clear path. Like Georgia Tech beat the defending ACC champions. Um, the ACC is just. Uh, you know, the, the best teams in the ACC right now are Clemson, what, North Carolina, and Duke? Yeah, except I, none of us saw the game, right, because it was on the exact same time as the Georgia game. So, I, you know, I can't really talk from watching it. I haven't been impressed with DJU when I've watched him. They, I think they've got to go to uh, Florida State. They've got Notre Dame. Uh, they've got a couple of potential trip-ups there, and if they lose one, they're done. Um could they certainly be around? Sure. Um, you know, should they be in the top five? Yes. Uh, Michigan didn't impress me with that win this weekend over an awful Iowa team. 
So you, you mentioned um, Georgia Tech. I mean, how much worse does Geoff look now that the minute he gets fired and they go um, rip off a, a victory of a top 25 team? I mean, yeah. that's just embarrassing. I think it just goes to show how toxic he really was uh, in that in that locker room. Uh, it looks like it was the right decision that the Yellow Jackets made to get rid of him. Uh, and then as far as, like I said, as the rest of the ACC goes, I think it's just a bunch of mediocre teams are going to keep knocking each other off. And then you have Clemson, who's decent. And uh, I really don't see any teams really giving them a challenge. You said they have Notre Dame on their schedule again. Yeah. I mean, I guess Notre Dame can give them a challenge, but quite frankly, I'm not that impressed with Notre Dame. No, they're terrible. And it's at Notre Dame. But you, you kind of touched on something that I wanted to bring up. And, and I was on the record, and I still will stay on the record. I, except in real egregious cases, with Geoff, I think it, it was called for. Uh, for a midseason firing, I think you know you kind of wait till the end of the season. I, in my opinion, and I know this is debatable, I don't think you get any real advantage by by shit canning someone this early. That being said, I seem to be wrong because they just keep rolling off the pink slips left and right. Wisconsin, Arizona State, uh, old Geoff, Harson. I don't know if he makes it through the season. So, so you're getting power five coaches showing the door. It's becoming more commonplace. Yeah, Colorado, Wisconsin opened up this week too. Colorado, that was the one I was. I was. So, uh, so, so Harson's got our dogs coming up this weekend. Three thirty, Athens. Um, got the primetime slot, which is great. What do we think? I mean, you know, I remember the days where it was a rivalry that would go back and forth every year. We'd win in Auburn, they'd win in Athens. It was a toss up. I actually just looked this up beforehand because I felt like we've been dominating the series, and. Wikipedia might be wrong, but it says that we have won 14 of the last 17 matchups. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah. yeah. And we've won the last four over Auburn? Yeah, think about it. One they should have lost was 2013 on that ridiculous Hail Mary with our old D-back playing quarterback for them. Um, so, you know, it's just been domination. Uh, and, I, you know, Georgia will win this weekend. Georgia will win this weekend. Georgia is a, Larry, what is it, 29-point favorite? 29 and a half. That's got to be the hot, that's got to be the biggest line. Somebody uh, somebody fact check us here, but I think that's got to be the biggest line in the history of the, of this uh series. So, a couple things. One, um Auburn covered the eight and a half last week against LSU. They did not cover the minus one and a half, which was the opening line preseason which I misread. So, hand up again, user error, but they did cover the spread against LSU. Harson lives to see a game between the hedges. Um Quite frankly, I you know Harson's if I think he's co- he's fighting for his coaching life. Twenty nine and a half is a massive number, and after the last two weeks of watching Georgia play, I don't see any way, shape, or form that the general public can take Georgia. I see where this is going, don't you, Gary? Larry's losers. I think <laughs> Auburn is the sucker bet of the week. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! And I hope well, I didn't just push us. What's the ruling on last week? I mean, do we, we you know, we, we discussed at what point you got to put the bet in. You just completely jacked that up. I mean, is it a winner or is it a loss for you? I guess it's like uh, Barry Bonds' home run record. There's some sort of asterisk for me there. Uh, that was a self-inflicted asterisk by Larry. So. Yeah, listen, I think it's one of those things where it's like you, you tear the ticket up and throw it out. It's like null, null and void like the Cold War. Yeah. Um, I want to add something. Uh, you know, Larry's got Larry's losers. I'd like to add my clown of the week. Uh, award. Uh, I should have started this a few weeks ago, but for the 
initial clown of the week award. It could go to none other than Jimbo Fisher. Uh, long overdue, and I probably would have given it to him. He'd be a multiple winner at this point. But the fact that he totally threw his team under the bus after the game, basically said, I'm drawing up good plays. I'm a good coach. Y'all suck. And uh, for that, uh, Jimbo, you and your BDIs get the clown of Gans clown of the week. Gans has a thing for Jimbo Fisher, doesn't he? I, I mean, I don't even think you call it the clown, the clown of the week. I think it's the Jimbo of the week. That's not a bad call. That's not a bad call. Is this also Texas-Oklahoma week? It is. I ha- so- I wrote that down in my notes. I said, Texas and Oklahoma play this week, and does anybody care? So I yeah. care only because I'll be in Dallas. Um, it's, it's fall break, and, and we're going to go there. Uh, but you, <laughs> funny thing is, is game day last year was at Texas. So you, it's, it's pretty cool because it's there at the old Cotton Bowl, and, and it's the Texas State Fair there. Um, and, and the city of Dallas is just really fun this weekend for the game. It would be like having Georgia, Florida in an actual city rather than Jacksonville. Uh, and so – it's cool. However, however, game day is at Kansas for the Kansas TCU game. Um, two undefeated Big Twelve teams that probably have zero chance of making the playoff, but they are still in you know I guess the discussion. So, hey, look, good for Kansas. I'm sure they've had the basketball game day in, in Lawrence, Kansas, many times. I I don't know if it's ever been there for football before. Good for them. They're undefeated. Uh, they need to enjoy it while it lasts because their coach is going to be somewhere else next year. Correct. You know, y- y'all mentioned basketball schools a few times. The basketball schools are actually doing pretty well in football this year. I mean, you mentioned Kansas. You mentioned North Carolina. Kentucky's, you know, their top 25. UCLA's 5-0. and uh, You know, the one basketball school that we laugh at, Auburn, um, is not good at football this year. No, Duke's doing well as well. Uh yeah, there there are some 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 good basketball schools. Makes it entertaining. Look, it's it's it'll shake out as the season goes on. TCU's actually favored in this game. Uh, I guess we could touch on the Big Twelve for just a second, uh, uh, real quick. But you know, Baylor turned out to be total chumps as as to be expected. Um, Oklahoma State's still undefeated. They've got a tough run of it. But I mean, you know, are they the in the driver's seat in the Big Twelve? By the way, OU, you got smoked. Uh, they gone. They gone. So. I don't know. I'd probably say Oklahoma State's in the driver's seat. I think they're in seventh or eighth. Not that that matters. Um, but I just don't see the Big 12 getting anyone in. Anytime we can get more Mike Gundy in our lives, the better. The guy's a national treasure. So He's a- give him give give him podium. Get him fired up. Um, I'm pulling for the Cowboys to, to come away from the, with the Big 12 talk championship. I'm um, I'm pretty interested in how this Tennessee LSU game shakes out. I feel like LSU is kind of gaining some momentum. Tennessee has got to prove that they are a top ten team. By the way, those SEC shorts coming out the last couple of weeks about Tennessee crashing the top ten party are freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see Tennessee kind of shit in the bed this week and getting blown out by LSU. Um, but I mean, we, like we discussed before, I mean, Tennessee's got a good quarterback. They've got a good coach, good fat guy coach, good offense. So I'm just really interested to see how this one plays out. So Tennessee's lucky that they get LSU at noon. I think, Gans, you mentioned this last week. It's a noon game. They don't give the Bayou Bengals time to get lubed up inside Death Valley. Um, and I believe – I think what – is it Tennessee like minus two and a half? It's a, it's a really small line. Uh, but this this will be this will be a, a true test to see if they're for real or not. Um I don't know who I like in that one yet, but I'm kind of leaning towards Tennessee. Yeah. So once uh, I, I, I'm going to go Tennessee. And in fact, like I said last week, I'm rooting for Tennessee to win every point and then just crush their hillbilly uh, hopes and dreams um, in, in Athens. 
but one thing I'd be remiss, and I did make a note about this to bring up, and I apologize for kind of jumping around. I should have mentioned it when we were talking uh, our, our top four. Ohio State, did you guys see that they – I brought it up on our other chat. They went for a fake punt up 49-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and it was against – was it against Maryland? Uh, Rutgers, Rutgers, and Greg Schiano. Yeah, that's right. It was Schiano and Ryan Day coached together, and the Rutgers guy – absolutely destroyed the punter as like five yards out of bounds and deservedly so right play stupid games win stupid prizes uh ryan day for that uh was in the running for clown of the week as well i, I agree with you and, and he was crying about it at the end yeah. and like you said i mean he deserved it um play stupid games get super prizes and and yeah i mean you, you said you said it right full, full agree here yeah i mean that's a clown move clown move clown move ryan day you're on the so, Larry, before we run out of time, I want to do two things. Yep. Um, I want to I want to spend a minute or two on the Braves because we have to, and I love it. But before we do that, have, have you put your sucker bet of the week in? I mean, you you taken, taken Auburn is a sucker bet. I'm taking the dogs, laying the points. I think we're going to see a let's call it 35 to three shellacking. I guess we should give. Where do you see the game coming in, Gans? Between the hedges. Well, because. Uh, Larry, you're putting me in a tough position here. I can't take the other side of this bet. Um, but I do. I see something uh, 35-10. I, so I guess I'll take the other side of the bet, Larry. 35-10, I'll take Auburn in the points. I knew, you, I knew you'd pick against the dogs, bro. <laughs> yeah. I can't. So I love the 3-30 game. Athens is going to be jumping. The stands going to be jumping. We're going to blow them out. Restore order. See you, Harson. Sorry, Auburn. Drive home safely. As for the Braves, got my Braves shirt on. Um, what a damn weekend. I mean, you got the dogs pulling it out, the Braves sweeping the Mets. I'll throw the Falcons went in there. But how much fun was it to just stomp the damn Mets into the grave? I mean, I have loved Twitter more so today than I have since the dogs won the national championship. I felt like it was playoff baseball this weekend. Um, and I got to say, I'm, I'm so excited for playoff baseball. Uh, again, Braves magic number is one. Fox does such a good job with with October coverage of baseball. They hype me up, and, you know, Saturday night was on Fox. Uh, I'm super psyched. Uh, the Braves win or the Mets lose tomorrow. We've got basically a week off. I mean, we'll have to play on Wednesday, but I, I said to you guys earlier, I hope they pitch a Zoom on Wednesday. You know, let's, let's, let's get some fresh arms and, uh, and kick some ass in the postseason. Let's run it back. As a uh, reformed Mets fan turned Braves fan and on the side of good now, um, we all saw this coming from the Mets. The Mets are going to Mets. That's what they do. There's either going to be a September collapse, an October collapse. It was bound to happen. And the Braves, again, look like a championship team that came in, that, that, that had the, home, the home te- hometown advantage, home field advantage, and just took care of business. I mean, they silenced the the, the Mets bats and just whipped. They whipped them. It was awesome. And the only thing I enjoyed more than watching the games the last three days was reading about the Mets meltdowns on social media the past couple twenty four hours. It's been amazing. Well, well, well if, we're, if we're talking about meltdowns, let, let's be honest. That three years ago, our Georgia sports teams were melting down left and right. I mean, this is kind of new territory for us. Starting Saturday night to win a game that we very well could have lost in Missouri. And then sweeping the Mets. I mean, that's not a total Georgia thing to do until recently. And my God, it's a great place for us now to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited uh, to record next week and see, uh, you know, where our headspace is. 
I, you know, predict another another win. Hopefully, the you know the Braves are the NL East champions, and they're just resting comfortably at home until next Tuesday. Love it. All right, guys, enjoyed it. Glad we hung out to watch the game last Saturday. Gans, enjoy your time in uh, in Dallas. Lawrence, you can try to make up to Athens this weekend. Uh, that's a good question. I have not yet figured out my plans yet, um, but it is a possible. It's still in play. I'm I'm kind of right there with you. Well, all right, guys. Have a good week. Thank you all for listening. Go dogs. As always, keep chopping. Go dogs. Later.